Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Some facts. Get you some facts right here. Get you some facts. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and thank you for being here with me. Took a little midsummer break, got up and saw some family, a little wedding, a little road trip with my wife, and I hope you all are enjoying your summer or winter or whatever season it is, wherever you're listening. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Our guest today is Cole Gallagher, who has said, they say the only way to understand the world around you is by looking within, end quote. And after our conversation talking about his new EP, The Confluence, which is releasing on August 4th, I think it is clear that Cole considers his answers before responding and certainly takes the time to observe the world around him. At only 21, his voice sounds as if it's been around much longer, Cole is clearly a gifted songwriter, and for this record he was fortunate to be backed by some incredible musicians, including members of the 400 unit, which if you don't know is Jason Isbell's backing band. So roll down your window and let the breeze hit your face as we get to know Cole Gallagher. I just want to say right away, welcome to the Song Facts podcast. Overall, just, you know, you doing all right? You hanging in there today? Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. I, and thank you for having me, by the way. I'm very excited to kind of chat with you. Of uh, course, man. I'm really excited about um about about just being introduced to your music and um and getting to chat with you about some of these songs, because I think I think you've written a heck of an EP here. And the first thing I want to touch on is, as a massive fan of Jason Isbell, how was recording with 400 Unit? How did that come to happen? Long story short, in the quarantine, I, I'm a huge Isbell fan too. I yeah. did not know who he or his band was before I was recording with them. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So what happened was I was doing a record and uh, I basically we needed to find some players for it. And uh, the producer knew this guy, John Eldridge, who uh, grew up with Sadler. Um, at least that's my understanding of okay. it. And so that uh, Sadler Baden, that is. And John was down, down to play keys on the record. And uh, we were going to, you know, John said, okay, we're going to fly you to Nashville and we're going to uh, cut the overdubs in Sputnik sound. Uh, and it was going to be with Mike Fahey behind the board, who is Vance's assistant. I didn't know who Vance was either. I didn't, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know pretty, I was just a kid. And I was just, you know, I knew who Sturgill Simpson was. Um, and, 
kind of other some other guys in that vein of music like Nathaniel uh, Rayliff. Yeah. Um, and actually, a lot of the song inspiration of the sound behind the EP, uh, at least the parts that I was able to control within the production, is in the, uh, was was to that end kind of inspired by a lot of Nathaniel stuff and some of Sturgill stuff as well. Uh, I mean, I just love the big sounds, kind of soulful horns and uh, bits in some of the tracks. But essentially, it was a friend of a friend's friend who wow. uh, yeah, hooked, hooked me up with uh, Sadler and Jimbo. And uh, the same guy is responsible for introducing me to Mike, who uh, introduced me to Vance. And then six months after we finished the first record, uh, I got a call and uh, Vance wanted to produce the one that uh, we're putting out now. So, so did you just did you know of Isabel before that or no? I didn't know. You know, I knew of Pink Floyd. I knew of CCR, <laughs> the big big names in rock and roll, and uh, I couldn't. I, you know, any bone or country bone I had came from like Johnny Cash and that was it. That was yeah. my understanding of country music beyond like CCR, a bunch of dudes from uh, Lodi, California. So yeah. I didn't know. And and Leonard Skinner but, and <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Naturally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you were like kind of, you were, you were going pretty far back, which I'm curious if people like at, at 21 years old tend to go that far back or if they kind of stay more modern. I obviously we're a product of what our parents are listening to in a lot of ways, but I've always been wondering about that. Cause that's like the same stuff that I grew up on was that kind of, you know, classic rock and roll. Um, I want to talk about the latest one that you guys just released stumbling in the dark. If you took me here and now Would you even know how Or should you ever know How is it that you let me back in What can you just tell us about this one and how this just beautiful song came together? You know, I looked the other day, um, I wrote it right in the middle of the quarantine uh, between recording the first record and writing the second one mm-hmm. um, and, or, and recording the second one. So sometime in that, after I got the call from Vance uh, to, he wanted me to come do a record. Um, <laughs> and basically I, I, I was writing really prolifically during that time because there was nothing, nothing else to do. Um, yeah. But uh, for me, the music has to come before the song. And so sometimes it's like an uphill battle as in the music comes before the lyrics. Uh, okay. But I know, cause I'll, I'll have an idea in my head. And as I wrote more and more during the quarantine, I got better at, you know, taking the idea I hear and putting it into a, or putting it into notes uh, that I, I could understand. Yeah. And uh, finding the sounds I was looking for. Um, but the what was really kind of interesting about uh, this song is I looked back at the history in Google Docs of like the length of time in which it take, took me to write, and I wrote it. I started it on I believe June 6, twenty twenty, and then I came back to it on the seventh, 
back to it on the 9th, back to it on the 11th, the 16th, all the way up to the 28th. So it took me a full month to fully complete that song. And uh, when I get, you know, I talked to uh, Jason Isbell about this, you know, because I told him, you know, I start these songs and I just never come back to them and never finish them. Yeah. And and I said, do you ever do that? And he says, nope. Every time I finish or start a song, I finish it like, huh. right there and then make it a point uh, and to do that. And for me, I, my brain just doesn't work that way. Sometimes I'll, I'll write a couple lines and I'm I'm like I sometimes when I'm really in the pocket of writing, I can just get it, get it done. Yeah. And uh, and, and it just kind of bleeds out from me. But. I have to really feel it, and if I if I get distracted at all, um, I, it's gone, you know. Uh, hmm. And and I have to wait until that feeling that I had about that particular song comes back, uh, in order to continue writing lyrics. The music I can, it, you know, I can figure figure out kind of what what logically goes next or whatever. But until the feeling comes back, the lyrics are I, I do. But, you know, I guess what inspired the song, um, hard to tell. I, I was thinking about this the other day because I genuinely couldn't remember <laughs> what it was about. Yeah. And uh, I normally <laughs> I, I don't talk too much about like the specifics behind what the lyrics mean, because I think one of the most important parts of music is the fact that like a listener can hear something and they attach their own meaning. Once I put the song out, the song's no longer mine. It's everybody who listens to it. Hundred percent. And that's yeah. one of the, like the themes that after doing this for about three years now, and and kind of rounding in on a hundred episodes, that has come to be is that how an artist make create something and then and then turns it over to the public, and then it just creates all these different life forms from there, depending on whose ears it's going in and out of. But I love the process that you talked about there. I, I have one question just to kind of get a little bit deeper on that, because this is the stuff that fascinates me is so you've started on January or June 6th, you kind of ended it towards the end of the month. Now, when you go back, is it like June 6th, you've got a verse, maybe a melody, and then you go back are you making changes? Are you like stuck on what you've had? And you're like, Nope, this is what it is. This is working. So I'm just going to keep adding to that and get a couple more verses, a chorus and a bridge. Or, or is it like constantly modi modifying it and being like finding exactly like what feels right to you at the time? You know, like the, what I do is I start on that first, I don't know if you use Google Docs at all, but when you look at the history of the document, you can see everything that was added in the order it was added, yeah. but only by day. So like, it, it was cool to me to see the song just kind of getting built on the page until I saw it was completely done. And, uh, you know, a song like uh, that, it took, you know, it's exactly what you said. It, it started out with maybe a couple lines and there were chords over the top of them like you'd see on uh, an ultimate guitar tab because that's really all I knew how to write. Uh, so even, it's all I know how to write. I don't know why I said new <laughs> as if I, something's changed. Uh, but the, um, you know, it, it was like, it was cool to see that. But then I go back to Lines in the Sky and I wrote that at, 12 o'clock at night and it's just completely different story i couldn't tell you the date right now but it was done by the end of the night
uh, and the song was originally seven minutes long. Somewhere I have that demo, but uh, it, it took a, it was just 12 o'clock at night to four in the morning. Then I got pooped and went to sleep. Huh. So I had that song kind of coming up here as a question, but since you brought it up, what, it, it, that's got just such a bluesy feel to it and just such bluesy undertones. Was that kind of the goal there? Because that just seemed kind of like a unique one within this, within this book of songs to me. You know, uh, there were seven other songs that went along on this record. And, and that, that one was definitely like the mo most, I'd say that like, and I, I kind of said this before, but uh, in, I, I don't remember to who or where and what article, but like that song has a steady urgency that I think, I def definitely think subconsciously was uh, inspired by he, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Watts kind of drumming. Okay. And, and by that, I mean, like, you listen to any Stone song and it's just, doo -ch, doo -ch, doo -ch, yeah. you know, the, the whole way through, very consistent drums. She's yeah. not doing a bunch of crazy fills. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of palm muting. You know, it, it, that's that song. It just kind of chugs along. Uh, yeah. And but it was really when when I when I took that into the studio, it just came to life. Jimbo uh, Hart, I think, really took the lead. Him and Chad just took the lead on that thing. Uh, as far and uh, you know, I they they helped me cut out. You know, take the seven minute song and reduce it down to four. Um, and um, Vance what is that? Well. Did they did they cut out lyrics or how does that get cut by three minutes? They well, they told me like better to have more than have to have or have too much than to have to write more. It's easier know? to consolidate. Yeah, and there there's another there was some you know it was a huge learning curve for me recording with them live. Yeah, uh, versus the first time I recorded. They sent in their tracks remotely, and I kind of got to cherry pick what I wanted uh, mm. to use. Uh, Jimbo sent a couple different uh, versions of bass bass lines and whatnot, and uh, Sadler just sent a ton of guitar stuff. So <laughs> he seems was, like an endless well of guitar just sounds. Whatever he wants to do, you can just that's what I get from him. Yeah, no, I saw him play the other day at a. The Greek theater with Jason and uh, dude just blew my mind. I mean, uh, he's I've seen Jason th four times now, three with his band and one uh, was in Muscle Shoals at uh, this uh, iguana party uh, <laughs> re uh, reunion uh, and it was like a jam and I got to play with him and you know, but Sadler, man, like, uh, has taken, he was taking a ton of leads and I felt like Jason was almost holding back a bit. They have a new member, uh, in their band and, uh, he plays like different percussion instruments and guitar as well. So it kind of opened up the floor for Sadler to not have to just play rhythm for Jason, I think. And it really shows, I mean, the guy is super talented and 
it was just a it was a great show. I mean, I was uh, I was really blown away. And Jason picked up the acoustic a lot more than he normally does. I felt, but hmm. I think that that has to do with their new record. Yeah, they, um, they they've got a great new album. I've been pestering him on Twitter to no avail to have him come on and chat with me because God, I could talk to him about songwriting for days. He, I'm sure he could, you know. And he's talked, he, you know, he, I, when I met him, uh, I met him twice. First time was at uh, Borderlands, uh, which was a festival in uh, New York, and I, I got to play on the main stage and open up the first day of the festival because, uh, uh, which was just an incredible experience. And then uh, the night he didn't, the revivalist hadn't headlined the night I played. And then uh, Barry and I uh, and the rest of the band, we just went to the next day of the festival and I went to, I got to go chat with him. And I felt like I, I did talk to him a little bit about songwriting, but I think uh, I just, I was, I felt like afterwards I had picked his brain about all the wrong things, you know, like <laughs> I was talking about like, you know, personal life and, and maybe, you know, to that end, uh, I did enjoy speaking with him. Uh, but it, it, I felt like I had missed the opportunity to really kind of dig into uh, the, the work he's put in, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I, uh, then it's, there's enough interviews out there of him that uh, I kind of, I'm trying, it's tough. Like as a kid, especially now with social media, trying to figure out your direction and how to build a a career that could sustain a roof over your head and put food on your plate and music is like, uh, uh, like throwing darts in the dark, you know, uh, at least like, uh, I've, I have, I'm lucky enough to have a really great support system. It's a great team and uh, a lot of family and friends support. Uh, yeah. But it, it's still like uh, there's always the fear. And uh, times were different, uh, but not that different. Uh, you know, you still have to book your own t- your own first tour. You still exactly. have to... Uh, to you know, go hand out flyers on the street. That that's the groundwork is still very much important if you are trying to really connect with uh, fans on an individual level. Um, and I mean, I think it's just about like you've got to put in the time and do the work. Like that's there's, I mean, there's a couple ways to just like springboard up to the top and like have your moment. But then even if that happens, you've still got to do some stuff to sustain it. Um, you kind of touched on this earlier and I'm, I'm curious about this because you got to, um, make and produce this album with such amazing people surrounding you. Is there one lesson that you can like really reflect on now that you're on the other side of it and it's coming out here? And I'll, I'll remind everyone that this is, um, the EP is called the confluence and it's coming out on August 4th. Um, yeah, is there something that you kind of can look back on and just being in the room with those guys and live, like you said, and just being like, man, that's something that I'm going to take with me here. If you are working with guys of that that are that knowledgeable, especially if you're a rookie like I I am am and was at the time, uh, uh, not even novice, detach yourself from what you think the song should sound like and give space to for the song to just grow 
grow it's grow around the bones you've set in place yourself because you're never going you know the the magic happens uh in the creation uh you know you don't want to be trying to recreate something so uh, honestly don't even don't even like go down that avenue unless you you're planning on producing the whole thing yourself but yeah. you know if you if you find yourself in as fortunate of a situation as I was in, uh, take, take, take time and, uh, uh, you know, take time away from it, practice it for sure. For sure. Practice well, as yeah. <laughs> much as possible before going in. Cause you know, I, I wait, I felt like I had wasted a lot of time in the studio cause I wasn't, you know, quite prepared on a couple of tracks, but, uh, mm. yeah, just take, take, take a breath, you know, and, uh, and also, you know, enjoy the experience as much as possible because it's, it's a really beautiful thing to create music. Stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Metallica has a new album, a world tour, and now a weekly podcast. The Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine. And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, All Within My Hands. Every week, the Metallica Report brings you updates from inside Metallica HQ. Exclusive stories from the people behind the scenes, like Dan Brown, touring creative director and production designer. The guys are committed to this thing, and it's excellence first. It's achievement first. It's over the top. It's let's make this incredible, and the rest will take care of itself. And Xavier Russell, the first journalist to write a major piece on the band. Kirk Hammett gave me his mother's phone number that I could get in touch with him. Contributions from the worldwide Metallica fan community. James Hetfield looks up at us and says, you can't sit down on a Metallica show. We sit up, we're like, yes, sir, we're at attention. James Hetfield told us to stand up and we are not going to sit down ever again. Roberto, I'm from Italy. 
And this is my 45 shows of Metallica. Fan questions from all over the world. Hi, my name is Michaela from San Francisco, and I just wanted to know who creates the set list. And rumor has it, some of the boys might stop by from time to time. The Metallica Report. The Metallica Report. The Metallica Report. Straight to your ears. Straight from Metallica HQ Weekly. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Those things don't come, you know, like everyone just wants to have this like great long career and to think that these things are going to keep coming around the corner. But I think it's really important to be present in those types of situations because you just never know what the future holds. And um, to be able to like have that sort of reflection at the time, I think is tough because you're going to be having so many emotions going and it's going to be really hard to balance that out with just like taking a minute and just sitting on that stool with your guitar in a recording booth, just being like, wow, how did I get yeah. here? Like that kind of moment and just like reflecting like that. I think that that's really important for people to do. And maybe they don't because there's just so much going on in the head of like, did I sing that right? Is this the right chord that I should be playing? You got to drown out all that noise. And I think what you were touching on earlier, just leave the ego at the door. Yeah. You know, follow your gut, but uh, know that, um, every you know, art's sub- completely subjective, and you know, I, I think you, if you hear mistakes in your singing and whatnot, no, like, don't make a thing of it to go back until you're about to finalize everything, uh, and then you know, go and correct the things you want, but like, take your live takes as they come, you know, uh, the songs, you know, you you only get one really really great take Mm -hmm. and uh sometimes it's hard to tell what that is but but i'd say that you know and this is going i i completely went on a tangent when we started talking about uh you know sadler and all that but it kind of went full circle here that those guys have you know have made so so much music in their lives that uh it was definitely, I, I was like a fish out of water in the studio. I kind of just had to go with the flow because, you know, you can't fight the ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, the, uh, it, you know, it was a really, I enjoyed, I en- enjoyed the feeling of being in that room and watching music get created almost as much as I enjoy playing it live, you know, and there's this, there's this high that comes with both. Right. One is like, uh, it's like watching, uh, watching something being born. And the other one is like, you know, you're, I guess it's kind of one is the other one is you are bringing joy to people and they get distracted from whatever problems they have in their lives for just, you know, one hour, 30 minutes, one song, whatever it is, you are helping somebody escape for just a minute. I think when I listen to this top to bottom, and I hope that this is taken as a compliment, but I just think of just road trip, man. Like I just think of like cruising windows down and this is just a song to just be there 
I don't know. That's that's what got into my head with it. And that's kind of what you said is like, maybe that's not what you had in mind. But when it no, hits no. my ears, that's what I hit. And I love that. That's like the best thing that I could. That's in my world. That's a that's a huge compliment. So I, I thank you for that. I got one more question for you, Cole Gallagher, and I'm going to let you get on with your merry way. Um, you're 21, 21. Still, you're 22 now. 21, 22 in October. October what? October 16th. Ooh, two days before me. And we're 20 years separated. I'll be 41. Oh, wow. Um, I got to just ask because you've got such a distinct, rich, so much depth in that voice. When did you first discover this this talent and passion for singing? I'm, I'm so curious about this for someone that's, I think I probably still had my prepubescent voice at 21. So like to hear you and you just sound like a gruff man who maybe had too many cartons of cigarettes already, but like <laughs> it's, it's there, man. Like when did you first discover this? Slowly. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, I, I got kicked out of my first couple bands cause I basically lied my way into them pretending I could play guitar and pretending I <laughs> didn't know how to sing. And, uh, I was just horrible at both. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe, maybe I should actually like try and put some work in instead of, uh, pulling a uh, sex pistols and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, uh, and so I just spent like, uh, I spent a lot of time, uh, working really hard on, uh, with my guitar instructor, John Claw. Uh, this guy named Michael Campagna from uh, South Pasadena Music uh, Center and Conservatory, and uh, the, my vocal instructor Hayden Tim, uh, mm. and you know I've I've had a lot of different mentors. Uh, I think that I really kind of started to round the corner and realize like, oh, maybe this is something I could like really, maybe I could do this. Uh, maybe I could give it a shot. And, uh, when, when I, you know, people started, uh, I guess telling me that it was, that they liked it just in, and, and, and it took a lot. I mean, it wasn't just, uh, you know, I, I think I definitely had, I have, I've had a really hard time kind of with a lot of folks. Uh, in my life and uh, I've often been I, I have a lot of faith and goodwill towards humanity and sometimes it can be tough living in this world uh, just <laughs> try, trying to ex be an artist and express yourself um, I've never got any super like mean or horrible feedback uh, which is you know, it's been nice. I, That's I don't, useful. Yeah, no, you, you know, and uh, but I bet I definitely had my bad days, and uh, so you know, even now I kind of still feel like a fish out of water. Um, I before all this, I wanted to be a paleontologist, so <laughs> definitely goals have shifted. But uh, it's uh, for me, there's only one message. For me, it was more about like, wow, you know, I can write a song and yeah. and and knowing knowing that I can do that, you know, regard as long as 
as long as I like it as an artist, you get, you know, and I heard Rick Rubin talk about this a little bit, like you kind of have to put the listener last and it's by no, no fault of the artist, but, or no, but it's not because you want to, it's because you have to, you have to like the song yourself before you can expect somebody else to like it. And, uh, and, and if you're not authentic to that feeling and that chasing that, uh, you, I, I don't know any artists personally that, uh, that aren't, you know, and uh, I think that it's just being care, being, being mindful of what you're saying. So you're being true to yourself. Yeah. That's really important. The only message I want to send with my music is one that I've received from the music I love, which is that you're not alone. You're not alone. And, uh, that that's that's all that matters to me is spreading that message as far and wide as i can that i really like the sentiment that you kind of got to do it for you because i think if if you're putting in the time you're putting in the work and you're doing it with the hope that other people are going to end up liking it probably not doing it for the right reasons like you've got to like it first or else you're going to lose respect for yourself if you're like like technically that's the definition of selling out right of just like i did this because I knew that other people would like it, but I hate it. Um, that would be a huge bummer in my regard, especially in your industry and the path that you're choosing to go down. But you know what? Don't give up on that. Those those dinosaurs, man. There's still a lot out there to discover. Um, oh, I know it, man. I love it. <laughs> we just drove through Badlands and just like got us a nice little like recap reading about like what Badlands National Park used to be way back in those years. What an incredible thing. Um, it's all underwater at some point too. Yeah, I mean, it's it, crazy. If you believe in all that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I no, I I, you know, I try not to. It's that's a different topic. But absolutely, uh, <laughs> we can talk paleontology, gardening, but let's stick to the music. Um, I've spent a, a, plenty of time. I want everyone to go check out the confluence on August fourth and Cole Gallagher. Thank you so much for for chatting with me and for making some awesome music, man. And um, get some more songs put together and come back on and let's do it again. I'd love to. It's very nice to meet you, Mr. O'Flanagan. Thank you so much to Cole for coming on and chatting and for making this lovely new EP. It has six songs that I think you'll enjoy. It's called The Confluence and it's out August 4th. And for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Get your song back. Get your song back back. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.